We've discussed the biggest transfers coming in, but what current Sun Devils won the transfer portal? That's what we're here to talk about on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Sunnels is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Hello, all you crazy people, and welcome back to the Locked On Sunnels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sunnels. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update when we post new content and stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Before we get started, quick housekeeping. I get comments on every single video when I talk about the Sean Mallory that he is not coming to ASU. I have done my due diligence. I have done my research, believe it or not. As of right now, I cannot find anything. I can't find news articles. I can't find sources. And I didn't find it on his Twitter feed. And I got news for you guys. A college student is likely to tweet out stuff about whether or not he's going to be coming to Arizona State or not. So I can't find anything. Until then, it's all speculation. And I don't operate off of speculation. He is currently on the Arizona State Sun Devils roster to be coming to the team. So until I see something, I'm going to continue talking about him as though he is coming to the university. If you have a source, please share it with me. I want to be as accurate as possible. And if there is something out there that I can't find, please share it with me. I implore you to do so, so that I can be as accurate as possible. I try to give you guys the best content possible. Obviously, I can't do that if I don't have accurate information. I just can't find it. So please share it with me if you have it. I really appreciate you guys looking out for me and letting me know that some stuff may or may not be accurate. I really do appreciate it. I just can't find it personally. All right, let's go ahead and hop into today's episode. We've talked about the transfers that are coming in, and I think that I want to take a second to talk about the current Sun Devils on the roster who are going to be benefiting the most from the current guys who are coming into the portal slash the guys who have left via the portal. There are some Sun Devils on this roster who are going to be benefiting from the transfer portal losses and gains. That's what we're here to talk about. Real quick, before I hop into my top five, I do want to mention one quick honorable mention, and that is Jordan Clark. Looking at Clark, there's there was a lot of kind of like using him all over the place for Arizona State last year. He played him at nickel. They played him at free safety. They played him near the line of scrimmage, all that good stuff. I think that his best spot is as a nickel corner. That's where I want to see him the most. Arizona State brought in some defensive backs, Montana Warren, Shamari Simmons, but most importantly, Xavion Alford, who's a safety out of USC. Alford is likely the starting safety across from Chris Edmonds. This will allow Jordan Clark to be a full-time nickel corner and allow Arizona State to get creative with him, but not have to 
drop him deep into coverage and take him away from where the ball is at. I'm really excited about that. I really like that. So that's my only honorable mention here is Jordan Clark. And I think that this is a very good situation for him to be able to stay as a nickel. Hopping into my top five, number five, this this might be a little controversial, but this is why he's five instead of one, is this Trenton Borgay. Before we hop into it, yes, I am aware that Jacob Conover and Drew Pine are currently transferring to the program. I am aware that uh, who, uh, who who's coming in? I, uh, Israel Carter, as of right now, has not signed his letter of intent, but he's still a hard commit, could be coming in. I am aware that they're in play for Jaden Rashada. I am aware that there are other quarterbacks on the roster who will be competing with Trenton Borgay. However, how can you not look at everything that Arizona State has brought in and not think of him as even a slight winner here? The team has completely invested at the wide receiver spot. There are four transfers who are coming in at the wide receiver position. Xavier Guillory, Jake Smith, Mel Constaval, and Troy O'Mare. You also have returning your top three guys, Elijah Badger, Giovanni Sanders, and Andre Johnson. Chad Johnson Jr. is returning. Javon Jacobs is returning. The wide receiver room just got a lot more competitive. That is great news for whoever is throwing the football. But it's also great news for Trenton Borgay, who, as of right now, will be competing for the starting quarterback spot because he's got the experience. He looked good last year. I think that the wide receiver spot only got better this offseason. Yes, you do lose Brian Thompson. Yes, you lose Cam Johnson. But I do believe that the current receiving room that they have is potentially more talented. I they, There's a lot of really, really studly players that are coming in. I also look at the tight end spot where they didn't lose Jalen Conyers or Messiah Swinson. That's huge. Not losing your top options. Elijah Badger, Jalen Conyers are back. That's massive in its own. The offensive line was going through a lot of makeover and a lot of changes, but they did bring in some really quality guys. Aaron Frost is going to be going in at right tackle. He has missed very few games over the last three seasons. In fact, I don't think he has missed a game. He's also been a um, all-conference player for his time at Nevada. That's a really, really good thing to be plugging him in at right tackle. Isaiah Glass is returning at left tackle. He's going to have another year under his belt as a starter. Ben Bray is back. Um, who's the guy? Uh, Joey Ramos is back. Emmett Bully is back. And then they brought in some other guys as well. Uh, Lee Fontanu is coming in from UNLV. He's a stud. Ben Coleman coming from Cal. He's a stud. Bram uh, Walden is another really big name coming from Oregon. So the offensive line only got better this offseason. There's potential for it to be better than it was last year. But, I mean, granted, last year's offensive line definitely was very upgradable, to put it politely. So the offensive line got better. His top weapons remain. And the running back room also got a little more talent with Cameron Scadabo and DeCarlos Brooks coming in, Tevin White is back. I just look at this offense, and it's hard for me to not think that the quarterback position was a winner here. I understand that, that Trenton Borgay is not guaranteed starting time. I understand that Trenton Borgay is going to be in for a little bit of a fight, to put it politely, again. 
with Drew Pine and Jacob Conover and potentially some other guys coming in as well. But if he is the starter, the week one starter, which there is a chance he is, it's hard to think he's not a winner here based off of everything that the Sun Devils were able to do to upgrade his pass catchers, to upgrade his running backs, and to upgrade the offensive line that's protecting in front of him. Yeah. Whoever's a quarterback, they are certainly big-time winners here as the offense just got better entirely. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And if you would like, you can combine your bets as well for a chance at a bigger payout and a same game parlay. I'm taking a look at all the tight end bets this weekend between George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, and more. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. As always, make sure that you guys are checking out the Locked On College Basketball podcast for your next listen of the day. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Back into our conversation, taking a look at the next winners that I have here for the Sun Devils. I've got, at number four, Javen Jacobs. The reason why is because Jacobs will be basically the starting return man. There will be competition. I'm sure that some guys will be able to get involved. I don't really know who at the moment. I don't know if Mel Constaval or Jake Smith will potentially be able to compete for return duties because I don't know that they ever have before. So right now, Javen Jacobs is the only returning return man from last year. Dan Nagata and DJ Taylor are both gone via the transfer portal. Javen Jacobs is locked in for right now as the starting return man for the team. That's a guaranteed role for him. That's an opportunity for him to impress. That's an opportunity for him to get on the field consistently because the wide receiver spot I just brought up is very competitive, and there's a chance that he just does not get a lot of playing time at the receiver spot. It is what it is but he will be able to get on the field consistently for return man duties with very little competition there. As of right now, like I said, I a hundred percent anticipate that they're going to get some guys back there to compete with him to Carlos Brooks or Cameron Scadabo. I think Scadabo has a little bit of returning experience, but I'm just not a hundred percent sure that really anyone on this roster has significant experience as a return man. Javen Jacobs does. And Jacobs looked pretty solid last year. He had a couple really big returns, no touchdowns or anything, but he did have some chunk yards that he was able to contribute. All in all, he should be able to slide in, be an immediate contributor on special teams. That's why I have him as my number four is because he's one of the more clear winners for the team. It's just in a, in not as big a role, like with the offense, 
but it is a very big role with special teams. Number three, I've got a tie here between Jalen Conyers and Messiah Swenson. The tight end spot is going to be very much incorporated in the brand new Kenny Dillingham offense. But most importantly, there's not really any transfers coming in at the tight end spot. In fact, as of right now, there are no tight end transfers for the for the position. That means that Jalen Conyers and Messiah Swenson are going to be the go-to guys. They're going to get the most opportunity to stand out, be studs, and contribute very early and very often in this offense. Both of them looked really, really promising last year. Jalen Conyers especially took off in the second half of the year when Sean Aguano took over play calling duties, and it looked like he's got potential to be an all-conference kind of player. The jump balls, the, the my ball mentality for those 50-50 shots felt like he was coming down with them more often than not. He is a lot more athletic than you would think for as big a player as he is, and now he's going to be a full-time starter for the team. Arizona State hasn't really used the tight end in quite some time. They've had some guys come through the program like uh, Cody Coyle and, or is it Chris Coyle? I can't remember. My apologies, Mr. Coyle. And there's been a handful of other guys, Curtis Hodges, but they just didn't really use the tight end spot. That's going to be different moving forward. Jalen Conyers is going to be very much incorporated in this offense. Not only did this tight end spot remain the same, and Messiah Swinson as well will be able to be the number two tight end and get involved. They're going to use a lot of two tight end sets, I anticipate. But not only did the tight end spot not get more competition for these guys to have to worry about, but the quarterback spot got better. Drew Pine, Trenton Bourget, Jacob Conover will all be pushing each other to be the best that they can possibly be. Trenton Bourget is still there. There is chemistry between Bourget and Conyers and Swinson. They were able to really come together and be really strong down the stretch last year. Drew Pine was a very, very quality quarterback last year for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He's going to come in and push Borgay to be his best. And if he overtakes him, then that means that he's obviously the better quarterback. He showed good potential last year. He also showed that he's not afraid to throw to his tight end as they've got Michael Mayer going into the NFL draft this upcoming year. And he is looking like a first round pick. Clearly, Drew Pine likes throwing to his tight ends. That's great news for Jalen Connors and Messiah Swinson. And then Jacob Conover is a former four-star quarterback recruit. We didn't really get to see a lot of him at BYU because Jaron Hall is a stud. But again, that's competition for everybody to be pushed to be their absolute best. That's why I have both of these tight ends as absolute winners. Obviously, Jalen Conyers is the starting tight end right now. But like I said, I really do anticipate that there's going to be two tight end sets and that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for both of these tight ends to get involved early and often and for both of these tight ends to get big opportunities to flash this year with how much competition is at the wide receiver spot. It's really good for the tight ends to just not have to worry about guys breathing down their neck. And I understand that there's times where competition is a good thing because it brings out the best in players. I think this is a, this is a good news kind of thing for the tight end spot because they had to earn their way onto the field last year. They were not granted immediate starting time. They had to prove themselves. They had to show that they were worthy of getting incorporated in the offense. When they did prove that ASU flourished. So now they are going to be basically locked into some really significant starting time. 
that obviously makes them really big winners for me. I got them tied for number three. One more time, check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Hear from big-name experts, coaches, players, and more throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. My top two winners from the NCAA transfer portal. Well, ASU guys. Number two, Michael Matus. This might be a little bit confusing for some. So let me explain. Matus is coming off of a ACL tear. And this is not ideal. But he is a veteran. That's going to help him big time in this competition. Because the defensive line did get quite a few reinforcements in coming in. Tristan Monday, Samuel Benjamin, Deshaun Mallory are coming into the program. Clayton Smith is coming into the program. Prince Dorbaugh is coming into the program. That's good competition, especially with the latter two, Dorbaugh and Smith, being more edge rushers like Matusas. That brings out competition. Not only this, but Dylan Hall and Garen Stansbury and Anthony Cooper also were coming back. Stansbury and Cooper withdrawing their names from the transfer portal to return to the program. That's going to bring out competition. That's going to be able to push Matus to be his best. But most importantly with Michael Matus is I think that the team is going to want to be able to bring him back slowly and incorporate him into a larger role eventually. You don't want to rush guys back from ACL tears. Obviously, they all heal differently. Some people recover in six months, which I've seen before. Some people take over a year. Whatever the timeline is for Matus, this competition is going to allow him to take his time to get back to being 100%. And when he is 100%, because he is a veteran compared to you know a Stansbury or a Clayton Smith or a Prince Dorbaugh, this is going to allow him to get back into the swing of things, feel 100%, and then move forward from there. I like that this is a this is a chance for him to not be stressed out, for him to not feel like he needs to rush back onto the field. Because if you didn't have this competition, if you didn't have this depth, per se, you might see Matus push himself past his correct recovery time, so to speak, and get onto the field and potentially risk re-injury. This allows the team to bring him back accordingly, bring him back slowly at his own pace and make sure he's 100%. So that's where I like this for Michael Matus. Obviously, a lot of competition potentially means less playing time, but this is still a guy who is going to benefit from having some competition behind him. That's my number two. Finally, my number one guy who benefited from the transfer portal, Elijah Badger. Hear me out. The wide receiver spot got more talent. You've brought that up almost every single player. You're right. I did bring that up a lot, that the wide receiver spot did get a lot, a lot, a lot of competition. They brought in four wide receivers. They have guys returning from last year. But here's the thing. Elijah Badger is not going to have to worry 
about anyone taking his spot. Elijah Badger is the certified X receiver. He's the number one player on the on the wide receiver depth chart. There is no competition for him unless he just flat out stinks this year. And I would be blown away if that was the case. He is going to benefit from Andre Johnson and Giovanni Sanders having to compete with Troy O'Mare, with Mel Constaval, with Xavier Guillory, with Zeke Smith, or Freeman, excuse me, with Chad Johnson Jr., with Javon Jacobs, with Jake Smith. There's a lot of guys who are going to be competing to free up opportunities for the remainder of the receiving core. I feel like Badger was at his best last year when Brian Thompson was getting involved in the offense, when Giovanni Sanders was getting involved with the offense. When you had those guys contributing, I feel like that's when Elijah Badger was at his best, when he had the opportunity to not be bracket covered or anything like that. Because I promise you going into this year, there's going to be defenses that are worried about Elijah Badger, and they're going to bracket him. They're going to try and put him on an island. Now that you have more guys competing for that playtime, that's huge for the team. This is going to allow Arizona State to figure out who works, who doesn't work, who needs to be on the field more, who needs to be on the field less, be able to field the best receiving core possible. With the best receiving core possible, that's going to open up more one-on-one opportunities for Badger. That's when the guy who is a good route runner with good speed and good post-up ability is going to be at his best. That's why I have him as my number one winner. Not only this, but the quarterback spot is also better. Drew Pine, Jacob Conover, Trenton Borgay, Israel Carter, the guys currently on the roster, maybe even Jaden Rashada if he does commit. With all of those guys competing for the starting quarterback spot, that is huge for all of the wide receivers to be able to get the best quarterback play that we can possibly provide and for Elijah Badger to play with consistently good quarterback play because he was really good with Trenton Borgay last year. He could not get anything going with Emory Jones. No matter who is starting at quarterback with Kenny Dillingham calling the shots, I feel confident that Elijah Badger is going to be in for a breakout year. I feel confident that Badger is a thousand-yard receiver. I feel confident that he can be one of the top receivers in the Pac-12 as an entire conference. He only benefited from more wide receivers coming in. No one is going to be taking his place unless he just absolutely stinks, and I just don't see that happening. The quarterback play is going to be better overall, plus with Kenny Dillingham coming in. Overall, he is my biggest winner here. Because I feel like everything is going to benefit Elijah Badger moving forward. Those are my top five winners from the transfer portal. And that's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Guys, let me know. I want to do another YouTube live soon. It's been too long. I'm thinking I'm probably going to go live on signing day, which will be next Wednesday, February 1st. I'm thinking about going live that day, kind of hanging out, seeing what news happens, all that good stuff. Let me know. We could always do next Friday as well. Whatever works the best for you guys, I want to try and organize this so that 
I can get back with you guys, hang out and chat and all that good stuff. You can also interact with me on Twitter, though, in the meantime, at RichieBrats36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Remember, wherever you're getting your podcast, to hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update when we post new content. Till next time, though, keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.